0: Nothing happens in Valleygate. We're seeing the colors of the trees turn as Autumn begins her annual performance. Rich yellows, deep oranges, and fiery red leaves fall like parachutes to the earth below, nearly obscuring sidewalks and streets before Terrell Muddywhistle gets out there with his big old leaf blower and clears them off. Intermingled with the trinity of fall colors were bright blue leaves from the hearth trees that line the streets of town and provide us with power for our homes and businesses. They're a greenish-red all year, but when the grand procession of autumn begins, they play their part and sprinkle cerulean confetti among the masses. And in the evenings, the typical red glow from within the twisting trunks of the trees turns a serene lavender that will, in time, fade to an icy blue when winter approaches. Valleygate nature truly is the opus of creation, filled with stories as vivid as the shades it's painted with. It was a pleasant week. The sun showed itself for the first few days, painting the sky with passionate pinks and brilliant oranges in the evening, but the canvas of blue turned to gray on Thursday evening, and eventually the rain came, keeping most folks indoors. And while the rest of Valleygate remained in the warm and cozy interiors of their homes, while rain slapped their rooftops, there was one young man out in all the wet, Percy Marigold, a junior at the university, found himself pulling sprigs of needles from the trees Aaron had called blue pine, his hands were sticky, arms weak, the sap was icky, it was getting everywhere and he was looking. Sickly, he'd been out in the woods for hours already, and it was getting dark. The trees didn't offer much protection from the rain, and his jacket had long been soaked through, but he soldiered onward, checking his slate now and again to remind himself of which ingredients Aaron had asked for. You see, the week before, on Tuesday night, Percy had seen Brandon Pepperpetal follow Aaron into the woods, staying far enough back so she wouldn't notice him. Percy had overheard brandon saying he was going to ask her to be his date to the spirit feast and was going to ask her in private this concerned percy as he had also had that plan and had finally worked up the courage to do so and so percy trailed brandon following him into the woods percy knew he wasn't coordinated enough to not be noticed so he had to stay even further back and at one point he lost his way and didn't have a bead on where brandon was so he wandered Around the woods for a while, unsure of where to go, but at last he found Brandon, who was standing before a little hovel in the trees. He was talking to someone, Aaron Percy assumed, and the conversation seemed to get heated for a few moments. And it was this moment that changed Percy's life. He witnessed magic. A bright green light emanated through the gaps in the leaning branches of the hovel, and Brandon vanished. And in his place was a small, green frog. Percy had tried to remain calm, but his gangly frame betrayed him, and he slipped on some wet leaves and fell to the forest floor. He saw Erin emerge from the hovel, and she noticed him. She held a crooked stick, and she pointed it at him. Wait, no, please don't turn me into a frog. I wasn't spying. I was just... Please don't turn me into a frog. Percy expected to have an appetite for flies at any moment, but it never came. He opened his eyes to see Aaron scoop the frog into a glass jar and scurry into the hovel, all the while murmuring the words, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, over and over again, as she did. Percy jumped to his feet and scrambled over to the hovel's entrance. What are you doing? You have to turn him back! But as Percy ducked his head under the low branches of the doorframe, his panic faded to awe. There were all kinds of odd and strange things to behold. Jars of dried herbs, various rocks and gems organized into piles on a desk that looked like it was meant to be in a dorm room, but the most prominent sight was a cauldron bubbling at the center of the room. Aaron turned to him. I know, I know, it's a lot to take in, but I need your help if we're going to turn him back. We... What do you mean we? You're the one who did it. I didn't mean to. I was just trying to make his voice croak a bit, just to freak him out, but... And she gestured to the glass jar. Well, Frog, I guess. Aaron's uncertainty and mild panic simultaneously caused Percy to feel an equal amount of sympathy and fear. She genuinely seemed vexed at what had happened, and his need to help kicked in but at the same time, something told him to run before she accidentally sets his hair on fire or something. But then she looked at him pleadingly, with her eyes as blue as the fallen leaves of a hearth tree, and she said, Will you help me? And Percy's answer was the reason he trudged knee-deep through leaves and roots to pick a white moss off of a tree's trunk some few hundred feet into the northern woods. She needed the ingredients to make a potion to turn him back, and so Percy played the part of errand Boy, Wednesday night was the fourth night Percy had spent in the woods, and the eighth day he and Aaron had been working together. It was slow going, and the potion-making itself was tedious, but Percy was thankful for the time to spend with Aaron, and he thought he sensed a certain enjoyment of his company in her as well. The two of them had spent significant amounts of time together in the last few days, working together in the hovel in the evenings. In this bonding time, coupled with the secrets that only they shared, a friendship was blossoming. But in his moments of weakness, Percy would grumble that he could be warm and dry in his dorm, working on his novel or reading comics or sewing costumes for the upcoming play. But he didn't have much of a choice. Aaron was counting on him, and in his mind, he was an accessory to kidnapping. They didn't see much of each other during the day. Aaron's student taught at the high school, and Percy had his hands full with classes in the play. But when he finished his last class, he'd grab two plates full of food from the cafeteria and sneak out the back door, running into the woods and making sure no one followed him. She'd have drinks from the high school vending machine waiting for them. They were cheaper there than at the university. Percy would have to remind Aaron to eat a lot of the time. When she worked, she was focused, and he eventually learned to bring her food she could eat absent-mindedly in one hand like apples, biscuits, and sandwiches. She liked turkey sandwiches with mayonnaise, lettuce, onion, tomato, and banana peppers. Popcorn was also a big hit with her. He brought a bowl one day, and she ate almost all of it on her own. When you work with someone for long enough, and they grow more comfortable with you, some of their tendencies will emerge, and Percy noticed many of these. When Aaron was working, focused on something else, she'd sometimes forget he was there, and she'd mutter things to herself or let out huge sighs and slam down her tools in frustration. Then she'd look at him struggling to grind up an ingredient and just watch him work for a bit or eat more of her sandwich and scroll on her slate. She needed little breaks here and there. Percy knew that. Sometimes Percy would return to Aaron's hovel in the woods and have to wait for a while before he could come in. Aaron didn't want her boyfriend Theo to see him, nor did she want him to find out about Brandon being a frog. He seemed to exasperate her. She seemed more annoyed than loving with him, but before long, she'd send him on an errand somewhere in town, and he'd kiss her on the cheek and leave. Then Percy would get a text letting him know the coast was clear. Percy was beginning to see that the frog situation was just one of the problems Aaron had on her mind. When Percy returned to the hovel with all the ingredients he needed on Wednesday night, he placed them down on one of the tables. Aaron was... "'halfway through a sandwich, looking over the same book she studies whenever she's stumped. "'I got everything you asked for, including a little treat. "'Oh, and I couldn't find mushrooms in the woods, so I had to stop at the grocery store.' "'Eh, store-bought works. "'Can you start grinding up the mushrooms with the powdered pearl?' "'Percy set to work, and Aaron finally put the book down "'and began plucking pine needles from the sprigs he had collected.' They worked in silence for a few minutes, a silence that seemed more profound than ever before, so Percy pulled out his wireless speaker and began playing some music, and after a few songs, he spoke. So, why not have Theo help you with all of this? He asked, still grinding away at the mortar and pestle. He'd been wondering this for some time, but finally felt confident enough to ask. Aaron shrugged. He's busy helping with other stuff. Besides, if he knew I accidentally turned a guy into a frog, he'd probably freak. Just better not to worry him. Percy chuckled to himself. And you're fine with worrying me? She smiled slightly and rolled her eyes. You were in the wrong place at the wrong time, dude. Get over it. She stood from the table. Want to go for a walk? Uh, yeah, cool. They stepped out of the hovel and began to walk through the trees. Aaron yawned and stretched. She'd been sitting for several hours, and Percy was also thankful for a chance to uncrumple his tall form from the cramped hovel. He stuck his hands in his pockets as they walked. As it was fairly cold outside, there was silence for a bit, until Aaron asked, "'What were you doing in the woods, anyway?' Percy fumbled with his words. "'I was, you know, taking a stroll.'" And you just happen to be in the vicinity of my secret witch house on the day another guy comes to ask me to the spirit festival? Percy shrugged. Crazy how that happens, right? Aaron laughed. Well, at least you would have been nicer about it, she said. What do you mean? Aaron sighed and looked up at the stars barely visible through the thick pine needle canopy. Brandon asked me to go with him, and when I told him I have a boyfriend, he was... Belligerent, And when I told him to go away, he said he was going to wait at the door until I changed my mind. And I had just about enough of boys being stupid that day, so I probably put too much emotion into the spell. And so she threw her hands up in a theatrical shrug. What other guy was being stupid that day? Percy asked. He wanted to remain as casual as possible, and so he only made eye contact at strategic moments with as expressionless eyes as he could muster. Aaron gave him a suspicious look, but he remained strong and didn't meet her gaze. You really know how to get people to open up, huh? she said. Percy couldn't help but laugh at this. Girl, you've been slamming the table in frustration, you've been distracted, and you've had to have pulled a wig's worth of hair out with the number of times you've run your fingers through your hair. You're doing all the opening up. All I'm doing is asking you to put it into words. "'Don't do that stuff!' Aaron protested. Percy just smiled, shrugged, and shook his head. "'Ugh, fine. "'But you've been added to my list of boys being stupid.' "'Fine with me.' She paused for a few moments, then let out another large sigh. "'Last week I called Theo and asked me to meet me in the hovel "'after I was done student teaching. "'He said he would, but he didn't show, "'and he usually brought me food from the cafeteria for dinner, "'so I went to grab some.' I hadn't eaten anything yet that day. Well, and when I got to the cafeteria, he was sitting with another girl. They were holding hands, and I saw them kiss. When she'd finished her tale, she clapped her hands awkwardly and nodded. So, yeah. Ah, I'm sorry, Aaron, Percy managed. What a jerk. But But wait. Then why are you still- I can't do everything on my own with the Spirit Festival. There's too much to do, and he already knows how to do it. So I figured I'd just wait out the month and then dump him then. Well, I've been helping you. Why not just teach me how to do that stuff? Erin shook her head. It's too much. I couldn't ask you to do all that. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm asking you to show me how to do it. It can't be easy having to be so close to someone you feel so strongly about. Having to pretend your feelings are something they're not. Like You? she asked. Percy looked down at the leaves below him and blushed. I don't know what you're talking about. Come on, I know you came here that day to ask me to the feast. I also know you've stolen enough glances for it to be a felony. Percy couldn't help but smile. Yeah, I knew it. You're not the only perceptive person in this woods. Thea was going to take me, but I I don't know, you're meant to dance afterward, and I don't really dance. I'll admit... "'I was going to ask you before I knew you had a boyfriend, and sure, maybe I was interested, but you are, or were, or whatever, in a committed relationship, and even now, I don't want to take advantage of that vulnerability.' He took a step away with his hands up. Aaron laughed, reached a hand toward his, and intertwined her fingers. She pulled him back to her side. "'Get back over here,' she said. Her hands were warm, a bit sweaty from work, but soft.' If you want to learn, I'll teach you, but you can't be mad if things get hard. You asked me to teach you, remember? Yeah, totally understand, Percy said. And yes, I'll go with you to the spirit feast. Uh, are you sure? I, I don't want you to feel any pressure. I don't, but if I wake up tomorrow and think all oh, this was a mistake, I'll let you know. Percy smiled. I look forward to it. They walked for a bit more, still holding hands, but not saying much. They were getting close to the hovel, and the music Percy had been playing was audible from just outside. Let's make a deal. You teach me to ward off spirits, and I'll teach you to dance, Percy said. You know how to dance? I've been in musicals since I was seven. Yes, I know how to dance. Well, then let's do our first lesson right now, she said. Okay, well, we can start extremely basic. If you put your hands behind my neck, and I put... "'Mine here?' He placed his hands on her waist just above her hips and gave her a questioning look. She nodded slightly. "'Uh-huh.' "'Okay, and now we just—' Percy stepped back and forth. "'Sway.' <laughs> Starting off real basic,' she laughed. "'Okay, now you go.' She cocked her head, confused. "'You gotta tell me a thing about spirits or whatever.' "'Oh, okay. Uh... "'Well, sage is a great herb for warding off some of the lesser spirits.' they don't like the smell and it can give off a kind of weird aura for them. Percy nodded. I didn't know that. Aaron nodded as well and she yawned. (laughs) Getting tired there, sleepyhead, Percy said. Shut up, she laughed and wrapped her arms around his waist, resting her head on his chest. You're freakishly tall, you know that? She said, her words slightly muffled by his shirt. I get that a lot, he said. Hey, uh, you're gonna break up with Theo, right? Just wondering if I'm being a home wrecker right now. She laughed. Yeah, I'll do it tomorrow. I promise. They stood there swaying for what seemed like hours. Percy didn't want to leave, and neither did Aaron, even though they knew there was work to do and more pressing matters to see to. For these few moments, they were both grateful that nothing happens in Valleygate. Gate. This episode of Nothing Happens in Valleygate was written, recorded, edited, and sound designed by me, Josiah Duff. But the music you are hearing right now is by my good friend, Andy Ferris. Thanks, Andy, so much. Go ahead and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. We're also available on Podbean. And leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think. We love to see those reviews, and I am going to read a couple of reviews that came in within the last week. So here they are. This one is from Sarah Kate in the 828, who I think is also an Instagram follower. They say, soothing, fascinating, and wholesome. Five stars, a portal to a crisp, cozy, pleasantly distracting world. It has a bit of prairie home companion, a bit of welcome to night Vale, but sunnier, a sprinkling of the essence of Stars Hollow, and a whole lot of its own flavor. It gives a similar vibe to clean sheets in a cracked window on a cool fall evening. I've taken to listening when I need a beat from my harried grown-up brain. I look forward to forthcoming episodes. Sarah-Kate, thank you so much. That is a uh, incredible amount of praise for this, and I'm glad that it's a relaxing place for you. That's exactly what it's meant to be. The next review is simply from Max CP, and they say, Like fall comfort food for the ears. Five stars. The cozy scenes and warm-hearted moments are made ever more interesting in the cold, eerie world beyond it. The speaker's tone and cadence immerses you in the story as if you were a validation yourself. Thank you, Maxi P., so much. I uh, definitely wanted to create a world that was cozy up front with just sort of the backdrop of cold and eerie. Uh, that's sort of the whole point of the podcast, especially as we go into spooky season, so I'm glad you were able to pick up on that. And the most recent review is from A. Margot Ward. They say, cozy and whimsical, five stars. Nothing happens in Valleygate is the perfect fall listen. It's so cozy and inviting. Seeing the artwork on Instagram makes it that much better too. My favorite episode has been the one about Castle. Well, thank you so much, A. Margot Ward. Uh, actually, there's going to be an image uh, with featuring Castle up on the Instagram today. And if you're not following the Instagram, you can follow us at visitvalleygate on Instagram. And you can go and see uh, just some images, some art that I do of the characters, um, as well as maybe some production photos as we move forward. Uh, Additionally, I would love to see your artwork or your thoughts or ideas about the podcast. You can send those in an email to visit Valleygate at gmail.com and I would love to chat with you and correspond with you on there as well thank you so much for listening to episode 5 folks and I will see you in the next one have a great fall and keep it spooky